Amen. Well, good morning, church. How are you all? You know, it was very different this morning because uh, normally I'm here like super early, few cars in the car park, some on the grass waiting to get double parked in and stuff like that. Well, I just uh, came in then. It's, it's full flags up and lots of cars. I'm like, this is exciting. I love this. You know what? I want to honour you all for coming to church today. Thank you. Thank you for getting out of bed. Thank you for coming to church. Thank you for spending time with the family because it is so, so important. Joel and Tamara, changing sides. I like it. Very cool. Mixing it up, meeting a few others, eh? That's exciting. Like normally I see them over here. Now you guys are there. That's cool. Who swapped? Well, it's just like a few more, few more seats all over the place. That's cool. Maybe you could try that. Just like try a new, uh, a new uh, seat next week. See what it feels like. I've actually asked uh, Nick, our production oversight, to make the speakers over here uh, a little bit quieter. So we're going to have like a quieter zone for praise and worship. I'm like, that, that could be a thing, you know, if people don't like it so crazy in the middle or this side, well, you can head on over to this side. So everyone over this side who likes it loud and crazy is like, I'm going over there next week. So, <laughs> oh, well, church, this morning I want to preach a message to you. And I'm very excited to share this one with you. I've entitled it Renamed. Renamed. Because we are the royal family. Yes, we are. And if you don't know it yet, you're going to know it by the end of this preach, I hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray. Lord, as we open your word this morning, God, we ask that it does what only it can do. Lord, we ask that it change us, challenge us, inspire us, equip us. Lord God, we want to walk out closer to you today. We want to walk out more like you want us to be. Different to how we walked in, we pray. In Jesus' name, and everyone said? Amen. 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 Well, church, I want to tell you this morning, there is power in the blood. There is power in the blood. Now, if you haven't been at church for a little while, uh, I know that that would probably sound very cultish, very weird that I would talk about blood. And uh, I'm also going to talk about lamb today. Now, personally, I like lamb chops. I like them barbecued, char-grilled with mint jelly. It's like, and you, you are not allowed to use knife and fork when you eat that stuff. Like, you can use the knife to cut it down the middle because you know how there's like, there's two chops in one chop? You feel me? Yeah? You cut down the middle? Oh my gosh. And make sure you sit that fat on the grill too. You hold that thing on its end and you make sure you get crispy fat. You've heard of crispy skin salmon? It's delicious. I love it. I love cooking it for Yvonne and I. Well, crispy skin lamb chop. It's a thing. You can do it. So you can thank me later when you have that one for lunch. Anyways, I'm going to talk about the power of the blood this morning and what it does. And it is not weird. It is the blood of Jesus. It was a sacrifice that he did on the cross. His blood that was poured out in that moment has a lot of power in it spiritually for you and I. It's not like there is this real blood that we're going to give you as a gift on your way out of church this morning. You grab a cup of coffee and a little cup of blood. No, 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 it's not weird. It's a spiritual understanding about the power of the blood of Jesus. Becoming the royal family. There's two ways you can become a royal, all right? Now, apparently, Funel 
okay, is French royalty, like way back and there'd have to be a lot of lynching to take place for yours truly to be seated on the French throne. But uh, you know what, you know, nothing's impossible. (laughs) But uh, look, there's two ways you can become royal, all right? Number one, take them out. Take them out, all right? You can conquer them. Well, can I tell you this morning that Jesus already conquered them? Jesus has conquered it all. There's another way that you can become, become part of the royal family. You can marry in. You can become part of the family by marrying in, or in our case, being adopted in to the royal family. Come on, praise God for the sacrifice of Jesus that has grafted us in to the royal family. And we're royals because if he's a king, what does that make you and I? A prince and a princess. Okay, if you're a male, it's prince. If you're a female, it's princess. You like that crystal? Princess crystal. You know what that means though, it's Prince Sam. That's right, can't have one without the other crystal. (laughs) All right, let me read to you. I told my mother-in-law that, if Yvonne is the queen. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11 and 15, it says this, So Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered that greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands and is not part of this created world. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. Come on, you and I have been reconciled by this act of Jesus Christ. It goes on to say this, Under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. Just think how much more the blood of Jesus Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. That is why he is the one who mediates a new covenant between God and people, so that all who are called can receive the internal inheritance God has promised them. For Christ died to set them free from the penalty of the sins they had committed under that first covenant. It's the power of the blood. The power of the blood sets us free. It sets us free. You know, you can uh, invoke the blood. So, yeah, you've all seen the movies. Ah, oh, reserve my right to invoke the fifth. Well, we don't have the fifth over here, all right? That's America. This is Australia. We're in a completely different set of laws, different constitution. We're under the crown. But we can, under his crown, invoke the blood. We can plead the blood. They plead the fifth, you can plead the blood. You can plead the blood of Jesus over every circumstance. You can plead the blood over the things that are going on in your world. Stuff that's happening, you can plead the blood. What is to plead? Well, plead is to present a position. So what are you doing when you say, I plead the blood of Jesus over this? You might hurt yourself in a moment, or might, there might be a difficult situation that you are confronted with. You can 
plead the blood. You can state your position in that moment. I am pleading the blood of Jesus over my mind. I am pleading the blood of Jesus over this demonic attack. I am pleading the blood of Jesus over this physical altercation. In that moment, the power of the blood can be released when you plead it because you are stating a position in that moment. You are saying, I am a son and daughter of the King of all kings and the power of being the royal family. I plead that over this right now. In Jesus' name, amen. That's our position. You know what also that means for us with that position? That we're washed clean. Hey, come on. It means we are washed from the tip of our head. Now, some have a little bit more on there than others. But the extremities. Now, we know God knows even how many hairs are on our head. I love that God knows that much detail about you and I. It's awesome. From the tip of that, to the tip of our feet. Our position has been washed, set free, sanctified and set apart because of the power of the blood. You know what else it does? It doesn't just set us free. It covers our shame. You might remember the message I preached a couple weeks ago, the secret place, and how in the garden, God came down and he took blood for the first time. He killed that animal and he covered them, covered their nakedness covered their shame he made them clothes out of the skin of that animal and the blood that was spilled was to atone for that sin but you and I are under different covenant a new covenant I don't think you brought your little doves to church this morning I didn't hear any bang on the way into church this morning because you and I don't need to anymore because there was a perfect, sinless, spotless Lamb of God. His name is Jesus Christ and He's paid the once for all time sacrifice to cover our shame. It's the power of the blood. It doesn't just set us free, it also covers our shame. You know what that does? It brings freedom. Because you and I don't have to worry about what we've done because of what He has done. Amen? It's the power of the blood. I think of the story of the woman at the well. You know, you think about that woman. No no value of herself. Choosing to go to that well at a different time to all the other ladies. Because she couldn't be bothered listening to their opinions any longer. That's what I think. And she, so she goes to the well and Jesus is sitting there. And he's like, oh, woman, I'm thirsty. Could you draw me some water? And she's like, what? A Jew? A teacher Jew talking to me? I love this moment, this story. If you've ever seen The Chosen, it is, man, I bawled my eyes out on that episode. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, you are awesome because I know a little bit about the Bible. And so I knew that he was about to tell her that he was the Messiah, that she was the first human being to ever be told like that, that he is the Messiah. He chose her. I love that. I love that about that story. You know why? Because the power of the blood. He didn't care that she'd had five husbands. He didn't care that she was not even with one of those five. She was choosing to live right now with the sixth guy. She did not value herself and obviously had never been valued by the first five. But Jesus said to you, I'm going to reveal that I am the Messiah of all the world. I love that. No longer an adulterer, but the first to know. First to know. What about the story of Zacchaeus? You know, that guy was lonely. Lonely. You know, right now in universities, one in two university students suffers from extreme loneliness. That's incredible, isn't it? You know, we need to live in more community. 
You know, we, we all want our fortress with our walls around it, fences, fight for the fence, pull them down. Let's live in community. Let's look after each other. That's why I love church and why I honored you for coming out today. Because it's probably easier to stay at home where it's nice and warm and hug that pillow a little bit longer and, you know, pretend that you're engaging online or whatever and all that stuff. It's like, let's be real. Let's get in the room. Let's live together. Let's encourage one another and be encouraged in the room. Well, Zacchaeus was in that moment where he was lonely. He was suffering from the decisions that he had made to start to steal from the people around him. Not just a tax collector, but a chief tax collector, like the boss of all the tax collectors. Like if you didn't like the tax man enough, it's like the boss of those guys. And they didn't build nice roads with the tax money and free schools and free health and all the stuff that Australians benefit from. No, it just went to the Romans, okay? Like, not even to their own people, to the enemy. <laughs> like, this guy was lonely. But I love that through an encounter with Jesus, Jesus dines with him, has dinner with him, and in that moment, salvation comes to that home. Zacchaeus, he's so radically changed. He starts, he's like, I'm going to pay everyone back four times as much as I, so I'm going to give all of my wealth, half of it all here and half of it there. And, and he just starts dishing out. It's like, man, I wish I was at Zacchaeus' house that night. You know, all the ones who are like, well, why is he going there? They missed out. <laughs> they should have gone there because they might have got a little handout from big bad Zacchaeus. But you know what? Zacchaeus was no longer a thief and hated, but now forgiven and loved because of the blood of Jesus. What about those demoniac men? Too far gone. All that society could think to do was to just put them in chains and lock them up and put them out in the graveyard and that will try and keep them separate. But I love that Jesus comes and encounters them, sets them free because of the power of the blood. And he renames them restores them, no longer helpless, but reconciled. I love that. You see, unfortunately, you and I can remember our shame. We, we can remember what we've done, but love, love keeps no record. God forgives and forgets. But unfortunately for you and I, we carry the memory. That's the consequence of sin. That's actually why I believe that God makes things sins that hurt us and hurt others or hurt the future us, because He doesn't want us to have to carry them. He doesn't want us to have to carry the consequence of that decision. So it's a sin because of what it does to you and I. You know, what you think of yourself is probably not what God thinks of you. Even the sins we commit unintentionally are covered by the blood. I love the story of Matthew, the tax collector. I want to read it to you. Luke chapter 5, verse 27 to 32. It says this, Later, as Jesus left the town, he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up, left everything and followed him. Later, Levi held a banquet in his home with Jesus as the guest of honor. Many of Levi's fellow tax collectors and other guests also ate with them. But the Pharisees and their teachers of religious law complained bitterly to Jesus' disciples. Why do you eat and drink with such scum? Jesus answered them. Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. 
I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. Renamed. Come on, you and I have been renamed. The brokenness of our generation, the brokenness and the depravity of humanity. Just like Levi needed a name change, our generation needs to know that they can be and what they can be when they let Jesus come into their story. You know, the doctor might have given them a condition. The world might have given them a label or cancelled them. But our Jesus has come and reconciled, restored and set free. He's come and renamed us what he says over us. With his blood, the power of the blood is all clear. All clear. Washed. Whiter than snow. Come on, you are who he says you are. Jesus called him Matthew, which means gift from God. You see, Levi needed to know who God saw him as. He needed to know. You know, Matthew, he wrote one of the books of the Bible. It's incredible. From a guy who was sitting in a tax collector's booth, robbing his own people, to becoming one of the chosen 12, to not just following around Jesus, but writing Holy Scripture that inspires you and I today. Jesus chose to call him gift from God. You know what Levi means? Levi means joined in harmony. Well, he'd broken that harmony. He had broken his name. He had broken the unity that he had with his people by taking from them and giving to the enemy. But Jesus came along and he said, well, no, no, no. It's not Levi anymore. It's Matthew. You are a gift from God. Levi needed to know that he was not forgotten, that he was not too far gone, that he could be loved, that his life could be restored, and that his life could be saved. He needed to know that he was a gift from God. Because church, Jesus changes everything. Jesus changes everything. You know, we might know him as Matthew the tax collector, but God chose him as Matthew, one of the 12. Like Jesus didn't walk around going, hey, hey, this is Peter and, and yeah, over here. Yeah, this is, this is Thomas and uh, over here. Well, this is Matthew the tax collector. No, no, he just said, hey, this is Matty. This is one of my boys. This is Matthew, gift from God. You see, Jesus didn't come for perfection. He came as perfection. He came for a broken generation. Check these next two verses out, Romans 5, 8. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. 1 Peter 3, 18, Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the Spirit. It was Jesus who offered Himself as a perfect sacrifice through the spilling of His blood so that you and I could be washed, set free, restored, and renamed. You see, Jesus doesn't need you to change who you are before He'll love you. It's His love that will change you. You just need to believe what Jesus says over you. It starts with the little things, I think. Like not reading our Bible as much as we could. You know, I know I need to go to church every week, but we're watching more dodgy stuff or listening to more dodgy stuff than good stuff. You know, soon enough we 
start to forget who we are. We start to forget who we've become when we become a child of God. We start to think of ourselves as the old man rather than the new man. We start to forget because what we've been putting into ourselves is not actually renewing our mind. You know, you keep putting unhealthy stuff in, it will soon enough consume you and overwhelm you. Stop looking at everyone else's life. When the life that you could be living is passing you by. Now, our world is so riddled right now with issues. So riddled with a foundation that just is not firm. They're tossed around by this and that, filled with anxiety and depression and mental health issues and all of the identity issues that our world is going through, self-esteem, family, finance, marriage, everything. And instead of filling our minds with the truth of the word and the love that Jesus has for us, we start to fill our mind with the lies that we're not enough and that we need more. And we forget that we are already made whole in Christ Jesus. Come on, Romans 12 verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. That's the power of the blood. It washes us clean. Just because everyone else is doing it, it doesn't mean you have to. Just because everyone else is doing it, it doesn't mean that it's good for you. Because maybe it's not. Because generally what everyone else is doing is the easy thing. And what everyone else is doing is the easy way. It's hard to stand when everyone else is sitting. It's hard to sit when everyone else is standing. Give yourself to Jesus. You know, Jesus is the one that will never abuse you, never use you, never forsake you, never leave you. He loves you. Let me show you what real love is. This is real love. We know, 1 John 3.16, what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. Come on, recognize today that you've been renamed. You have been renamed. You are not what you have done. You are what He has done. You are not what you think over yourself. You are what He says over you. You know, I love that Jesus gave Peter a new name. Because until then, he thought he was Simon. But Peter. I love who Peter became. Because Jesus entered his, his story. Yeah. You know, when you walk into heaven, there's a lot of questions that we're going to ask. I mean, number one on my list is flies, Jesus. <laughs> flies, why? Why? Couldn't you have worked out the, the need for flies some other way, just with some supernatural power or something? Like, the, honestly, flies. Like, I, I hate them. <laughs> Passionately. Like, I choose intentionally to holiday in winter when I go traveling because I just can't stand flies. And if I have to travel in summer, I try really hard to not travel around Australia because there's flies. I'll go somewhere where it's cold, where there's no flies. If it's hot, tell flies. It's awful. But what are the other things that you might ask Jesus when you get there? I mean, my second question is, God, why is all the stuff that tastes so good so bad for us? And why is all the stuff that tastes so bad so good for us? I mean, God, 
Anyways, I think when we get there, we're just like, I'd probably say, hey, where's Paul the Apostle? I want to talk to Paul the Apostle. Yeah, and where's Rahab the prostitute? Oh, and David the adulterer. Oh, there's so many people I want to talk to. And oh, yeah, God, and Holy Spirit. Can we see him? Or is it still only Jesus that we can see? Like, you know, is, 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 that, is he here somewhere? Can I see the Holy Spirit? Well, where, where's Rahab? I want to talk to Rahab. Where's Rahab the prostitute? Yeah, you know, you know the one that like helped Joshua and the, with the spies to like come in and, and she hid them in the walls of Jericho and, and, and you know, and it, it enabled like this great victory. You know, Rahab the prostitute. And God's like, who? Who? Oh, you mean Rahab the righteous? Oh, Rahab the righteous. She's over there. Yeah, she is awesome. Oh, well, well what, what, about, what about David the adulterer? Who? You know, rooftop, should have been at war. Bathsheba. Come on, Jesus, don't make me say it. Hanky panky. Come on, you know, David the adulterer. He's like, who? Oh, you mean David the conqueror? You mean David, the one who is after my own heart, the man who is after my own heart. Come on, you can't have it both ways. It's not Saul the slayer. No, no, it's Paul the apostle. If you want to meet Paul the apostle, then you want to meet Rahab the righteous, David the conqueror. Come on, you know, we might get there and go, but surely where's Thomas the doubter, you know, and uh, where's Peter the denier, Moses the murderer? Where's the man on the cross? I mean, who's he anyway? I like to think his name is Steve. I've just always liked the name Steve. You know, Stevie, Stevie Wonder. You know, I love that name so much. I tell every single person who's having a baby to call their baby Steve. Because Steve can be like, good. It's Steve, Stevie, like, it's great name. No, I didn't choose to, but whatever. I don't know these people. I don't know these people. You mean Thomas the truth speaker? who tenaciously spread the good news in the face of persecution. You mean Peter the rock and Moses the man who spoke with God face to face and set my people free. You mean saved, set free, sanctified and set apart. Come on, you mean redeemed, restored, righteous and reconciled. You mean made in the image of God, chosen to be holy and a royal priesthood and the apple of my eye. You mean son and daughter of the King of all kings and Lord of all lords. Come on, the cross proves his love for you and I, we've been renamed. Come on, this is the foundation that you can build your life on. Come on, when you give your life to Jesus, you are no longer what you have done, but you are what he has done. You are who he says you are. You are the joy set before him. Come on, you are the bride of Christ. You were born His creation, worth His humbling Himself to human form and serving us even to the point of death. You are worth His defense every day as He intercedes with you and the devil waltzes in on to the throne room accusing you and I of all the stuff that we get up to that even no one else knows about. And Jesus sits there and says, Who? Oh, you mean my people in Emerge Church, moreover. You mean the ones that are changing the community around them. You mean the ones that despite what they might have done, they still choose to serve and honour me. Oh yeah, you mean those ones? Yeah, I love those ones. Come on. You are renamed and you are who he says you are. 
1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for He called you out of the darkness into His wonderful light. You are royalty. Come on, can we just take a moment and clap Him and thank Him and shout His name? Come on, Lord, you are awesome. Jesus, we exalt you right now. We honor you. We praise you. We glorify you. We magnify you, Jesus. You are awesome. Come on. I heard a story, and I know some of us have heard this one before. But I couldn't preach about this and not share it. Some of you would have heard the story of the, uh, the American champion golfer who a Saudi Arabian prince asked to come over and teach him how to play golf. Andrew Stone shared this story. It's a true story. And I love it. It's so powerful. This guy goes over and starts, he spends weeks and weeks teaching the Saudi Arabian prince how to play golf. He gets paid a fortune to do it. I mean, he's already quite, well, quite wealthy. This is a true story of a champion golfer from America. So he goes over there and he, he does training for weeks on end, teaching this guy how to play golf. And at the end of the, the contract, it was all finished up. The Saudi Arabian prince, despite having paid him a fortune already to do this, said, look, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to send you a gift when you get back home. I'm going to buy you a golf club. And so the, the guy goes, oh, wow, that's awesome. That'll be good. You know, pop it in the bag. Hey, come on. You know, it's probably going to be a beautiful one. And uh, so he goes home and, you know, weeks go by, months go by. And the champion golfer is like, oh, maybe, maybe he forgot. You know, maybe I'll reach out to him and see if he wants me to come play with him or something. He might jog his memory and, you know, and he's got a, got a little bit down. And then one day in the mail came this small package. And he's like, oh. And he could see where it had come from. This was from the Saudi Arabian prince. He starts to open it and he's thinking, oh, maybe it's like a little ornament. You know, maybe it's like a, maybe it's like a solid gold, like golf club paperweight. You know, I'm going to put it on my desk. It's going to be amazing and stuff. And anyways, he opens it up and it's some paper inside one of those document boxes. And he unfolds it and he starts to read it. Before his very eyes, this Saudi and Arabian prince has bought him a golf club. Not a golf club. A golf club. 18 holes, the whole shebang, a golf club. You see, for the champion golf player, he was thinking through his understanding of wealth, but the guy who is royalty on the other side of the conversation was thinking through his understanding of wealth. Same words spoken, but the communication was coming from a very different place. You and I, we are part of the royal family. We've been renamed. My name isn't just Joseph Fennell. It is son of God. It is a royal prince of the priesthood of the king of all kings. I'm a son of Jesus. And that makes you one too. Come on. We need to start to change the way we think. You've been renamed. You are royalty, forgiven, restored, and reborn. Can I get the band to come back up, please? This is what I want to encourage you to do today. To be who you've been called to be. To be who you can be. 
You know, every time Jesus encountered someone who would respond and say yes, who would let him into their journey, there was a moment of spiritual awakening and everything changed. It's a change that starts within. See, like I said, it's not just a physical thing. The power of the blood is a spiritual washing away. It covers you and it sets you free. You are able to take on the name of Jesus Christ. Changes the way we think of ourselves and of those around us. Changes everything. We are washed. We are reborn. We are renamed. We are royalty. Off this thought, I want to encourage you to be who he says you are. You are ministers of reconciliation. You are from another place. You're from heaven. And you are here, sent by God to be an ambassador for heaven. Not to champion this place, but to champion that place. You are messengers of the good news sent into all the world. You are seated in heavenly places with Jesus Christ. You are the bride. You are a son and a daughter of the King. Come on, you can achieve what's on your life to achieve. You don't have to worry about what your bank account might be telling you because your dad owns it all anyway and you are able to ask for more. You are able to ask Him for what you need to do, what He has told you to do. Stop being restricted and limited by the resource that you can perform with your hands and start recognizing that there is another way that you can cause resource to flow into your circumstance, into your story, and start to speak and declare with the power of the blood that you've been renamed and that you know where it's coming from. You see, as royalty, you are responsible for your people for your home, and for your community. What are you not doing because you don't think you can? You know what? That's probably a perfect place to start because you need God. And God can do a way better job than you can. And He wants to do it through you. What are you not doing because you don't think you have enough? Come on, He has more than enough. And you have access to it. All you have to do is ask, pray, believe and start to dream for the people around you and start to decide, I'm not going to stay in the boat. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to walk on water. Come on, He hung on the cross and defeated it all. He took your sin and has separated it as far as the east is from the west. This generation needs you. This generation needs you to recognize who you really are, to understand that you've been renamed. This generation needs a group of people here in Morayfield to recognize that we are set on fire and we cannot be stopped. Come on, our unsaved family and friends need us to lead them, to love them, to fight harder for them than the enemy of their soul is fighting for them. Change what you need to change to be who you've been set free to be. Let go of what is connecting you to who you used to be. Come on, cut those chains this morning. Decide, I'm going to let go. I'm not going to hold on. Let go of the baggage that you've accumulated so that you can take hold of what God has for you. Come on, take on your new family name. Recognize what you can do as a child of God. Would you stand with me this morning?
Come on, He still loves you. He still loves you today as much as He loved you on the cross. You know, I think love only grows. I think God only loves us all the more. He still loves you. You're not too far gone. You haven't done something that He can't cover. You can try and hide, but He's there. Waiting, longing, wanting you. Come on, you might have become addicted. Addicted again. You might have given yourself away. You might have started chasing highs or the acceptance of others to try and fit in. But all it ever seems to leave you with is brokenness and shame. This separation you feel from love is because of that. It's a sin that hurts us. Can I tell you this morning, your flesh has had its time for long enough. Come on, it's time to be washed by the blood of the Lamb. It's time to be washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's time to step into the washing this morning of the blood of Jesus. Jesus came to change it all for us. He came to win you back. The best life you'll ever live is a life with Jesus. So if you've got that, don't leave it. Don't give up. But if you don't have it, take hold of it. Because Jesus doesn't call us by what we've done. He calls us by who we've become. Jesus doesn't know us by our past. He knows us by His completed task. He loves us. You are now a child of God. You've been renamed. I encourage your church to step in to that. Come on, whether you have given Him your life before or whether, you, whether you've walked away, this is your moment this morning. I want to invite you all to close your eyes because I want to give an opportunity for someone in the room today who doesn't know Jesus personally. This is between you and God to say, God, I need you and I want you. Today is the day to bow the knee, to humble yourself and to surrender your life to Him because your life, the best version of it is a version with Him inside it. Come on, God sent His Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through Him. He loves you and He sent His one and only Son to pay the sacrifice to cover all that you have done. I want to encourage you this morning, if you don't know Jesus, do not wait another moment because this is your moment. This is your time to step into relationship with Jesus, the real Jesus. He's calling you out today, just like He's called all those people in the Bible, no matter what they did, He is calling you out today and saying, hey, come and follow me. If there is anyone here today, what I want you to do while everyone's eyes are closed, I'm going to look across the room. And if you want to make a decision for Jesus today, I want to invite you right now to raise your hand nice and high. Is there anyone here this morning? You're like, I want that. I want that. There is only one way to have Jesus in your story. There is only one way to get to heaven. It's relationship with Jesus Christ. So while everyone's eyes are closed, I'm going to look across right now. If you want to start a relationship with Jesus, if you want to welcome Him into your family, if you want to welcome Him into your life, I want to invite you right now to raise your hand. Is there anyone here? Is there anyone here? I invite you right now. I encourage you. He wants you. He loves you. He is passionate about you. Lord, this morning I pray that as we recognize 
that we've been renamed, that we are not what we've done, but we are who you say we are. Lord, that the world will see that there is another way. God, I pray right now over this place, oh God, that our lives would example the love of Jesus Christ. Oh God, that when we go out tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, back here again on Sunday, Lord God, that our lives would represent well the love of Jesus Christ. Oh God, that they would know that there is hope, that there is reason to life, that there is purpose to their existence. Look, God, I ask right now that you would help us to be who we can be, that we could be royalty. Look, God, that we could see that nothing can stop us from doing what you have told us to do, God, that nothing needs to hold us back. In Jesus' name I pray. Lord, right now, I come against the lies from the pit of hell that stir up against us to remind us of our shame. And I break them right now in Jesus' name. Oh, Holy Spirit, stir us up with faith to do what we can do when we recognise who we are. God, that You being greater than it all, the one who chooses to live inside of us. Oh, Lord, I pray this week that it would come out of us. Oh, Lord, that that royalty, God, the righteousness of Christ. Lord God, I pray that you would help us to lead this generation into the glory of the Lord. Lord God, I ask you'd help us to see the responsibility that we have over our family, over our friends, and over this community. In Jesus' name, I pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, church, this is my prayer this morning that you will recognize that you don't need to listen to the lies. But know that you are washed by the blood of the Lamb. You are set free, set apart and sanctified by the blood of the Lamb. You've been reconciled, restored, redeemed and renamed because of the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. It's who you are. We are the royal family. We need to take that royal responsibility into the world around us and take it serious. We need to live free. Free to be who He's called us to be. Free to achieve the tasks at hand. I want to encourage you this morning to go home with your loved ones. So we need to stop thinking golf club and start thinking golf club. We need to stop thinking that we are limited by what resource we have and start recognizing that we have access to His resource. Come on, all the cattle on a thousand hills, He owns it all. And you have access to your Father's resource. You know the prodigal son, when he came back, he wasn't the slave or the servant. He was renamed a son of God. That's who Jesus said our Father in heaven is. He's the one who renames us and welcomes us back in to the royal family. Come on this morning, I want to encourage you. Even before you go, start to chat to someone and say, hey, hey, what thinking are you going to change this week? Hey, what are you going to start to believe for and start to dream for and start to stir each other up with what you can do even this week? Church, God bless you. I love you. I hope that you're encouraged and inspired by that word. And I hope you have a wonderful Sunday ahead. But as we always do, let's go out praising His name. Thank you, team.